I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's Word. Uh, today is Psalms 23, which I'm sure half of you have it memorized already. Uh, this is from the NAS version, uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I was going to say good morning, Vietnam, but okay. <laughs> for those of who have seen that. <clears throat> Hi, for those of you who do not know me, I'm Rose Skalepic. I am part of the leadership team here at Steel City Church. How's that, June? Thank you. As I said, I'm Rose Skalepic. For those of you who do not know me, I am part of the leadership team at Steel City Church. Most of you see me in the front over there taking attendance because, you know, that's sometimes what I do. And sometimes you will see me over in the back helping with children. Sometimes you will see me greeting somebody or praying with somebody. Or sometimes you'll just see me goofing off. <laughs> I do uh, wear a few different hats here, but I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none. And you know, sometimes that used to bother me when I was growing up. You know how you just really want to excel at something? You just want to really be very, very good at something. And I used to struggle with that. I really wanted to be good at something. But I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none. And one day in my griping with the Lord, I'm saying to the Lord, Lord, why have you not made me extremely well at something? Why am I just a jack of all trades? And he whispered in my ear, and he said, because I am master of all. And if you are open to him, he will use you any way he wants. So here I am, talking in front of you, scared as a rabbit, <laughs> responding to the Lord, saying that he is master of all, and he could use me any way he wants in any place that he wants. So he has chose to use me here to let you know that change begins with one person. 
Change happens at the speed of relationships, but it begins with one, only one relationship. When Dan asked, went, <laughs> Dan and I were talking one day because I was doing some administrative work, and we were trying to talk about the sermon series that he was going to be doing, and that was the Psalms in the Summer. He asked me if I wanted to present something, and I went, uh, no. <laughs> and I said, because I haven't done this in a very long time, and I'm scared to death. Two, because I've never done it in an AG church, and this feels totally different to me. And three, because I know that some people don't take kindly to women being up here and speaking. Believe me, I understand that. I struggle with that myself, of me being up here and speaking to you about what God has placed on my heart. But then he reminded me, I'm a jack of all trade, master of none, he's master. And he wanted to let us know that change happens at the speed of relationships, but it begins with one. Okay, so I tried to write everything down, but, you know, that didn't work well either. So when I was talking to Dan, another time, he said, he tricked me. He said, what if you were going to give, <laughs> yes, Bill, he tricked me. He said, what if you were going to uh, present a psalm, which one would it be? He said, don't think about it. Which would it be? I said, Psalms 23. He goes, why? I said, because it's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. I said the word. I said the word, and I couldn't take it back. And I knew the minute I said it, there was no going back. There was no turning back. I was going to be up here no matter what. I said the word, relationship. Anybody who's here for five minutes, as Erlene says, we are all about relationships. From the moment that you walk in the door, there's somebody who greets you. We greet each other. We talk to each other. We pray with each other. This whole place reeks of relationships. So once I said that, I knew I'd be up here. Nervous as a rabbit, scared as everything, but here I am. Relationships are everything, and it changes everything. Change happens at the speed of relationships, but it begins with one. And before I bring you a message from God's word, I'm just going to pray for a second. Father God, you are master of all things. We are not. You are the one who gives us what you plant in our heart to speak to others. You are the one who creates everything, who is with us. Lord, just let me get out of the way so that you could speak today. 
clearly from your word, from your heart, from my heart, to the heart of your people. When Dan had asked, thank you, Lord Jesus. When Dan had asked me, and I had said, it's because it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ, he heard my heart about the message. He heard God's heart, and that heart speaks to all of Steel City Church, that he is master, we are none, and change happens at the speed of relationships, but begins with one. So when you look at Psalms 23, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. You see the words, he leads me. I am, he guides me. From the very moment that you see Psalms 23, it speaks of a personal relationship because it uses nothing but first-person pronouns. I, he, you, me, those are all personal. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd, mine. The psalmist Davis knows what it is to be a shepherd. He knows what it is to feed the sheep, to care for them, to guide them, to lead them, to protect them. Before he was king, he was a shepherd. Before he was king, he was a shepherd. He uses this metaphor because he knows what it's like. He knows how he protects his sheep, what he does for his sheep, and he knows the Lord does the same. The Lord is my shepherd. Can everybody say that? The Lord is my shepherd. Say it again. The Lord is my shepherd. Exactly. Do you know what? It doesn't matter how many are in the flock. He is my shepherd. He alone is my shepherd. He personally leads and guides. He personally takes care. Do you know that shepherds eat, work with, walk with, and even sleep with their their sheep? They're with them always. They walk among them. So much so that they smell like sheep. Have you ever known somebody who was on a farm and came back from the farm after being with the cows all day? They smell like sheep. They smell like cow. He is my shepherd. Personally. In John 10, 11 through 18, God says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus not only protects us, is with us, but he lays down his life for us. When David was a shepherd, he faced lions and he faced bears. Jesus faced the cross. Change happens at the speed of relationships, but it begins with only one. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. A sheep will not lay down unless they are comfortable, fully and completely comfortable, feel safe, secure, and are stress-free. Okay, how many of you stay up all night and worry about things and are anxious and are stressed? That was me last night. I could not rest, no matter what. Now, how many of you have gone to a Thanksgiving dinner that you did not have to prepare, you did not have to do anything, you just show up, and you get to enjoy the feast, eat as much as you want, and a nice, warm, cozy home. That would be all of you men who don't have to cook for the women. Okay? But anybody who's gone to their moms or their grandmothers and has able, were at a Thanksgiving dinner and were able to eat as much as they want and then just rest... They go and they sit down in a chair, they turn on the TV, and then no matter what is on, what happens? They fall asleep. That is contentment. That is knowing that everything is provided for you. That means that you don't have to worry about anything. You're in a nice, warm, cozy home, and you don't have to worry about anything, do you? David knows that kind of contentment. He knows God, the provider. Jehovah Jireh, God provides. He knows what it's like, and he knows what it is like to make his sheep feel that way. So he used that metaphor so that we could see that personal relationship between David and his Lord, and that the Lord gives us contentment. He makes us lie down. He makes us safe. Jesus says, come, all of you who are weary and burdened, come and I will give you rest. Sheep do not like to be by water that is running real quickly. They're sheepish, right? It scares them. It frightens them. So shepherds lead their sheep to quiet waters, places of rest, where they can be restored and renewed. The psalmist says, he leads us by still waters. He restores our soul. Jesus said, whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Okay. That comes from the woman of the well. It is like one of my very favorite passages in scripture. If you get a chance this week, read through the whole thing. But what it's talking about is a woman who is filled with shame, who is filled with guilt, who has not been following the Lord at at that time in her life, I could totally relate to that. That was me one time where I was filled with shame and hurt and regret and not following the Lord. And here, she, what, what happens to her? She comes to a place where she doesn't have to deal with the ridicule and the shame of the other women who would talk bad about her. So she comes, and who does she meet there? 
she meets Jesus. And Jesus talks with her. And once he reveals to her that he knows everything about her. But you know what? He doesn't condemn her. Anybody else who would have heard her story condemns her, shuns her, puts her aside, but not Jesus. Jesus says to her, nothing condemning. So then, she realizes he knows everything about her and he still likes her and cares for her and he, she realizes he is the Messiah. So what does she do? She runs back to town, tells everybody about it. They believe. Then um, she introduces them to, to him and all believe. Change happens at the speed of relationships but it begins with only one. Shepherds guide their sheep in paths of safety. He guides me in paths of safety for his name's sake. Not for mine, not for anybody else, but for his own sake. Shepherds guide their sheep in paths that are safe and good for their sheep's well-being. God led David in paths that were safe and good so that God would get the glory, not him. Everything Jesus did, he did to reveal God and glorify him. In Lazarus, a good friend of Jesus was very sick, and when he had heard about, when Jesus had heard about Lazarus' sickness, he stayed where he was and Lazarus died. He had the power to heal, but he did nothing. Jesus later found out when Lazarus had died, he had told his disciples he was glad that Lazarus died so that you may believe. He gets there and Lazarus' sister is crying. If you were here, my brother would be alive. Jesus says, your brother will rise again. And Martha goes, yeah, 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 I know. He'll rise at the last day. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Who believes in me will live even if he dies. Change happens at the speed of relationships, but begins with one. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. In Isaiah, it says, excuse me, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not dismay, for I am your God. I hold you up with my righteous right hand. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What is a rod and staff used for? Does anybody know? Amy. Okay, for this shepherd to walk to hold him up. Okay. It's also used to what? 
to pull back the sheep when they're in danger, to save them, to rescue them, to discipline them, to guide them. That's all of the tools that a shepherd has is his rod and his, and his staff. And that's what a shepherd used to rescue his um, sheep. Right? And David finds comfort in this. That the Lord uses his rod and his staff to comfort David, to correct him, to lead him, to guide him, just like a shepherd does his sheep. I find comfort in that. I find comfort in the fact that the Lord leads me and guides me. How many of you have GPS? When you program your GPS, it goes in a direction. What happens when you turn the wrong way? It redirects you. It brings you back to where you're supposed to be. Okay, so how many of you continue to ignore your GPS? It keeps trying to redirect you, kind, trying to redirect you, kind, trying to redirect you. And after a while, it almost sounds like it's yelling at you, doesn't it? I know it does me. Jesus said that, that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And when I leave, I will give you another comforter who will be with you forever. He is the Holy Spirit, the counselor. I like to call him my GPS, my God-planted spirit that guides me, redirects me, takes that hook and pulls me back as I am going forward in the wrong direction. Change happens at the speed of relationships, but begins with one. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Do you know the only time that I ever heard this um, psalm was at funerals? Or they were on the back of the cards of funerals. So I always thought it was, you know, when we die, we go to heaven, we're up there. But the word follows is, in this context, is pursue. Goodness and love pursues us. It goes after us. It looks for you. It seeks you out and brings you in. We have talked about when we know the Lord and he comes into our heart that heaven and earth meets. Correct? In David's time where heaven and... Well, let's go back a little bit farther. In Adam's time where heaven and earth met was in the Garden of Eden. In David's time... Moses' time, heaven and earth met in the tabernacle. In David's time, it was in the tabernacle also up until the time uh, that he had died and his son had built the temple. 
So then the Lord dwelt in that. Now the Lord dwells in us. That is where Jesus lives. Jesus pursues us. He looks after us. He goes after us. And he loves us with a relentless love that we can't even imagine. He says, I came to seek and save the lost so that you could have new life now and by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we fall into relationship with Jesus Christ, he becomes our shepherd. He leads us. He guides us. He shows us where we are to go and how to go there. It becomes personal. It becomes relational. And I pray that today, although my message and my words were not as clear and concise as I would have liked them to be, I pray that you have heard God's heart God's heart is that he would like a personal relationship with you. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your savior, your rescuer. And he wants to be with you forever by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God, I have struggled here today to bring something that is so clear in my mind and so clear in my heart and so clear in this uh, passage of Scripture. But I know I cannot do anything. Only you can. So, Lord, my words may not have been clear and my words may not have been precise, but, Lord... Your heart speaks to your people. They know your voice. They hear it and they respond. Lord, I pray if there is anybody here today who has not responded in a relationship with you, a personal relationship, that today they would take that step in following you more Lord, and if there are people here who have been in relationship with you forever and ever, Lord, I pray that you renew their soul, that you give them new strength, new courage, new life. Breathe in them a new spirit, your spirit, Lord. And Lord, if there are people here today who have fallen away, who are walking in the shadows of the death, let them fear no evil and bring them back into the fold, Lord. Guide them and lead them. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to be here and to minister to them with your words. Lord, I know that you are master of all and I am a jack of all trades. Lord, I pray that today your heart was heard from mine to theirs that you are master, 
that you are Lord, that relationships only change with beginning with one relationship, a relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Rose, for uh, sharing on relationships and how the shepherd of our soul, the lover of our soul, desires to have a relationship with us. If you want your mind blown, let's ponder those thoughts for a few seconds. Amen. First um, Peter 4.10 says that God has given each of us a special gift, a gift of his grace, and that we are to employ it or to work it as a steward of God's grace. A steward is someone that manages it, that takes care of it, that operates it, that functions as um, someone that's doing a service for someone else, like an ambassador, right? We are to steward the grace of God. And today, we thank Rose for stewarding the grace of God. It goes on to say that if you, if you speak, speak as one that speaks as the oracle of God. If you serve, serve as one that serves uh, to God out of a gracious heart for all that he has done. Amen? We are a body and a family, guys, that loves to, to enjoy the grace of God. We talk about the grace of God all the time, don't we? Where would you be without the grace of God? Where? In the gutter. Where would you be in, without the grace of God? Hell. Yeah. God only knows where I'd be without the grace of God. Amen. So we, we love to talk about the grace of God. The Bible says here that once you were like sheep who wandered away, but you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. Don't you feel that today as Rose was speaking to us, that God guards your heart, God guards your soul your mind, your will, and emotions, when you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are secure, you are stable. There's no one that can strip you out of his love and of his care. Nothing can separate us from the grace of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He is our shepherd. Amen? And if you go lost somewhere, guess who's coming after you? Jesus. Amen? And when you feel that rod come down on your leg... He picks you up. Amen. You know, it's interesting how Rose was talking about the, the rod. Shepherds break the legs of wayward sheep. Sounds kind of cruel. Maybe I'll try that on Zachy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he breaks the leg of the wayward sheep. And then, then what does he do? Throws him up on his shoulder and spends time with the shepherd. And the sheep realizes, this dude really cares about me. Amen? So uh, if you're feeling the rod of God on your life, receive it and allow him to embrace you today because he's the shepherd of your soul. When the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. This passage of scripture, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. 
We never ever lose that sense that without Jesus Christ, we will be confused and we will be helpless. Amen. If you stray away from Jesus Christ this morning, confusion, helplessness, and a sense of abandonment will come over your soul like nothing, nothing else. Jesus loves you. I want to encourage you, just as Rose has exhibited her, her giftings, she's spoken as an oracle of God this morning. I want you to leave this place realizing that you guys are not off the hook. Amen? You might not come up here and speak, but God has entrusted you with a, with a, with a gift, and you have to steward it. You have to work it, right? You have to use it. And I want you to ponder right now the grace of God in your life and how God is steering you to be used of God. If God can use Rose, he can use anybody. Amen? And if God could use Bill, he can use anybody. We want to be a church that realizes that we're all ministers of the gospel. We are all ministers of the gospel. Let's say that together. We are all ministers of the gospel. And God has gifted us with his giftedness and his grace to minister to each other and to a lost and dying world. So how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? I'm thankful for each one that was here that is opening up their houses, that have taken upon themselves to be leaders of life groups. That is an awesome, awesome thing, isn't it? And we give kudos, hats off, um, balloons, and whatever else to these folks that have come up here to, to do that. Amen? All right. We're going to close in prayer. We're going to celebrate someone's very special to us uh, who has a birthday. Um, she's very, very old. But she's celebrating her sweet 18 birthday. She's 81. So the doctor said, just switch it around. It's sweet 18, okay? What's that? So in celebrating Edith's birthday, we will encompass everyone's birthday from this day back to January 1st. Is that okay? <laughs> All right? Okay? Where's your present? Amen. So, uh, guys, we honor. We want to honor Edith. Edith. Um, Edith is a wonderful, wonderful lady. She's had four strokes in her life. She gives all the credit and all the glory to Jesus Christ for keeping her strong and keeping her going. Amen. Amen, Edith. So we appreciate you. Luke has a birthday. Was it? Is it today? It's today. All right. So Luke, God bless you. Who else has had a birthday in July? Raise your hands. There's a lot of folks with birthdays, man. So if you see these folks, go up and, uh, you know, what we used to do is uh, a trolley horse for each, a uh, each age that you pass. So, Bill, how old are you? <laughs> He's an adult. All right. Cool. But listen, guys, we have, uh, we have some cake. We have some more coffee for you. Um, enjoy each other's, uh, other's presence. And do this for me. Will you please do this for me? When you see somebody. And you see the grace of God in their heart and in their life. Encourage them in their giftedness. In how you see them doing things for the, for the Lord. And just go up to them and say, thank you for exhibiting the grace of God and your giftedness for who you are. Will you do it today? Will you do it with somebody today as you put a piece of cake in your mouth? Just 
utter those things forth. Let's have a great time today in fellowship. Amen. Let's all stand together and we'll close out this wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. And um, we thank Rose for stepping up today. She was not feeling good this morning and she was not almost she wasn't going to make it this morning. So we thank her for uh, enduring through. Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up if you're going to give it up. Amen. All right. Cool. Okay. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you today. We thank you for each person in this joint, this old bingo hall. Now is filled with your presence, filled with the spirit of God, filled with the word of God, filled with the worship of God, filled with the grace of God, filled with the giftedness of God. It's filled with God. And we want to say thank you. And I pray today as we uh, celebrate some birthdays, as we have some cake, that we'll, we'll begin to minister to each other today in ways that will blow our minds and in ways that will encourage us to step out, take a few risks, live our Christian life with reckless abandonment as we give our all to the grace of God and his giftings in our heart. Thank you, God, for being our shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you.